Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. African Christianity has very much been influenced by the World Faith Movement, a movement that has an overemphasis on health and wealth, or what is commonly known as the prosperity gospel. People are told that they as believers, they are entitled to wealth and health. But what happens when believers do not become health and wealthy as has been promised? Another excuse for us comes into play, something we call generational curses. Believers are told that while it is their right to become rich and wealthy, they are not able to be because they have generational curses upon their lives. Now what are they? They believe that demons can be passed on from generation to generation or curses and that these demons or curses can have ground in the lives of Christians on account of what their ancestors or the people before them have done. To get the curse of these demonic powers out of their lives, that Christians need to find out what these generational curses are, find a way to break them through praying or uttering out certain slogans or statements, and that while Christians have been saved by Jesus, that Jesus himself is not enough. That for a Christian to experience abundant breakthrough, they must be delivered from generational curses. But is that really what the Bible says? When people usually advocate for deliverance from generational curses, they are picking out a number of Bible verses that have been selectively cited and twisted out of context. A point in case is Exodus 34, verses 7, which talks about God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But if you look at this Bible passage, you will notice that people who use it to advocate or teach generational curses are actually missing the context of the passage. That when Exodus talks about God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, he is actually talking about that in comparison to the love that he shows to thousands of those who obey him. As you look at Exodus 34 and Exodus chapter 20, which are the major verses that are used to teach about generational curses, you will actually realize that these verses underscore a number of things. Number one, that God will bring his judgment upon people who worship idols, not who are believers and coming from the line of people who worship to them necessarily. That God will bring his judgment on those who hate God, and not just the mere fact that they come from the lineage of people who were cursed. You will also notice that based on the context of these two passages, that these curses are being brought about by God. It is God who will visit the iniquity of the fathers and the children. It is not that believers by transference receive curses from their ancestors, but that God is the one who brings them upon those who disobey him or hate him or worship idols. Based on a few of these points, you can tell that these scriptures that are usually used are being taken out of context, abused, and misused. What are the consequences of misunderstanding generational curses? As you can tell, when you are told that the reason you are not progressing in life is because your ancestors' curses are being transferred on you, what that does is that it takes away responsibility from you as an individual believer and puts it on your ancestors. 
instead of repenting of your sins or identifying things that are hindering your progress, you live your life blaming your ancestors and what they did as the reason as to why you are not living a fruitful life. Number two, you notice that it downplays the essential role of Jesus in salvation. It seems to teach that Jesus, yes, can save you, but salvation is not complete until the pastor has delivered you. So it's like it is saying, yes, Jesus saved you, but now pastor must deliver you for you to enjoy an abundance of God's blessing. That is not biblical at all. It is unscriptural. It is heretic. It downplays the role of Christ in the atonement and in the salvation of sinners. And frankly, it's an abuse on the once for all sacrifice that Christ has given. So how should we respond? How can the church today address the challenge of generational curses? Number one, we must remind people of the need to properly interpret the scriptures. That when people go wrong on Bible interpretation, they are likely to take verses out of context and cause them to say what they are not supposed to say, as we see in the case of Exodus chapter 20 and Exodus chapter 34. We must deepen people in the truth of scripture, when people know what they believe and why they believe it, they are likely not to be swayed by the deceptive, seductive teachings of people who might want to take advantage of them, especially by keeping them in the bondage to the fear of generational curses. We must remember as believers that God does not judge Christians for the sins of their ancestors, but God judges Christians for their personal sins and their personal responsibility, which is why the new covenant emphasizes God dealing with individuals and God holding everyone accountable as persons, not on the basis of what their ancestors have done. Individual responsibility for sin is upon a person. And indeed, personal acceptance of the gospel of salvation is upon a person. It cannot be passed on by ancestors or through generations. And that, my friend, is the true teaching of scripture. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.